Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's 1-1 draw at home to Air United, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I am not too bad, not too bad at all. Um, apologies in advance, I've had a bit of a sore throat, so if my voice is a wee bit raspy, I, I do apologise. I think that's going around at the moment, I'm suffering a wee bit as well. Heather Holloway's here, Heather, how are you? Great, thanks, Matt. Good to be here. I'm a little bit tired after a long night of watching the golf, but um, looking forward to talking about my main sport, football. I'm hoping I've recruited another to the Speak Legion. That would be good. And rounding off our panel this week is David Forrest. David, are you well? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. I'm looking forward to talking about the game. A very brief intro from David there. Uh, we'll start, as we always do, with a look at the, the start of it. This will be quick as well. We were unchanged from the week before's emphatic one over Queen's Park. No no surprise there. Reese, were you happy when you saw that? Any Anyone pushing for a start in your eyes? Uh, of course, like you say, um, got to be happy with that team. They've just went out and beat the league leaders 4-0, so didn't expect any changes to come. If there was anyone pushing for a start, it would be Danny Mullen, but... Graham was brilliant against Queen's Park, so he's he's not getting dropped. So zero surprises. Heather, do you agree? Absolutely. I think that's exactly it. The only thing I would say, and this is really not about the starting eleven, but I was I am a little bit worried the fact that Hodson's not back in the team at least, like even on the bench. And obviously with injuries and a lot of games coming up and um when Muirhead had a bit of a bad leg against Queen's Park I was just hoping that we'd maybe have another defender someone to support there coming back onto the bench but hopefully that might come in the next few games but of course what a win against Queen's Park and you know you'd want that team to play every week. David you had a you had a busy day on Saturday do you want to talk us through it? So I um, on Saturday I went to the Thistle game and I was going to a a metal hardcore punk gig um, in the flying up called Northern Unrest. And then they announced they got moved to the Maryhill Community Centre down the road. So it was very surreal going into the Woody before the game and seeing a bunch of people in several tour shirts and all that. Um, it was a real collision of, of cultures for me. But Paul was absolutely delighted when I told him that there was another metal festival in August in the community hall because they don't sell any drink in there. So everybody piles into the Woody before. And um, I he was absolutely loving it. Um, so looking forward to it. Hopefully there, there's no official game on that weekend. It'll be at his feet. But I so it was great fun going to the game. Seeing everybody had a couple of pals or metalheads who came with me to the game and the gig. Shout out to Mindforce and um, the headliners. Uh, their sort of crossover thrashy hardcore band. They were absolutely brilliant. I was quite away with it by the time we came on, but it just made it even better. And um, I it was it was a fun day out. Good stuff. Well, we'll just have a look at the game then. Uh, obviously, quite a disappointing 1-1 draw, I think, especially after the the first half hour or so. Reese, how would you assess our performance on Saturday? Yeah, overall, I would say it was it was a disappointing result at the end of the day. We did start the day very, very bright, actually. I thought the first 15, 20 minutes, obviously, we got our goal. And just touching on that goal, it was... It was I remember saying at the time, like I was, I was absolutely buzzing off it, and I was thinking to myself, that's one of my favourite Thistle goals that I've seen. Now I, I, I can't really tell you for rhyme or reason, just there was something about that goal that was just really, really nice. I've seen 
goals struck more sweetly. I've seen goals from for further distance and et cetera, et cetera. But just the, the whole passage from that goal, from your head sort of whipping it into Graham's feet, the one, the one touch passing into Lawless and then Lawless onto Tiffany's chest, she takes it on his chest in his stride and fires it past the goal. It was absolutely beautiful. The the Norfe was was pretty packed. It looked like a right good attendance. It was sunny. All things were going well with 15 minutes on the clock and for for the next five ten minutes after the goal we were we were playing really nice football and everything we we're doing was right. But after that, I remember thinking to myself at the end of the first half, although we were still pretty comfy and and we were we had a lot of the ball, I just felt there's nothing happening in this game. Like it didn't really feel like we were going for the second goal. And I know that in the last couple of games under Doolin, we've got the opener and we've we've went and sort of extended our lead in both of those those recent games. And it just didn't feel like that was coming on Saturday. And it, it almost felt like there was nothing else going to happen in that game than, than us trying to hang on for a 1-0 lead. Obviously, we got into the second half and it was sort of a continuation of the, the latter stages of the first half. And we didn't really look interested in going for a second goal. And obviously, you expect Air, a side who are or one point behind us to sort of throw caution in the wind and try and do something themselves. And of course, that ended up being the case. Unfortunately, Darren Brownlee, he, he tries to go on one of those mazy runs again. And I know we'll come we'll touch on him soon, so I won't go too, too much in, into my thoughts at the moment. But just play it safe. There's, there's no point in Darren Brownlee trying to be a, a ball-playing centre-half and run out from the back. It's just, it's not who he is. He's never going to be that guy. And if he just keeps it simple and shells it up the park, all right, it might not be pretty, but we probably go on and win that game 1-0. So it is, it's really disappointing to take because I remember thinking that at sort of half-time and beginning of the second half, we were three points off the top. Dundee were sort of falling away. Queens have sort of been stuttering towards the finish line and at that point we're three points off the top. Obviously, Dundee came back and get a point and we sort of chucked two away. So it was a disappointing end to the day, but on the same, on the same hand, it's a point against a promotion rival. It keeps us in third place, so it depends what way you want to look at things. Dylan's only still only lost once in ten games, so there is positives to take. But I, I came away from Farhill quite crestfallen at full time. I think you make a good point about how we played immediately after the goal, and we still played quite well for, I'd say, about ten minutes after we scored. But I look back at the the games we've won emphatically under Dylan when we beat Wraith three 0 we got the second goal, we scored the first quite late in the first half, and we got the second six minutes into the second half. When we beat Cove 5-0, the second goal was just seven minutes after the first. And when we beat Queen's Park, it was only 15 minutes between the first and second goal. And I think if we if we don't get that second goal to give us a bit of a breathing space quite soon after, as shown on Saturday, we're maybe struggling a wee bit and working out what to do. Do we keep going? Because obviously it's physically tiring to, to sort of press and attack for, for 90 minutes solidly. But then do we sit off and it was almost like we were caught between two game plans. Do we do we keep going for this second goal or, or do we just sit and protect this one goal lead probably from about five minutes before half time until they are equalised? Heather, do you agree with, with Reese's comments? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, Stevie Lawless was absolutely fantastic in that first 15 minutes or so of the game. He just, you know, the way that he collected balls from the air, it was a joy to watch. I, I I was smiling throughout just watching our team play such stunning football. The interlinking together was great. And there just so there just seemed to be a really good understanding about the players. They seemed to know who was going to be where and this like a constant need to go forward, which I think 
at the start of this season and with McCall there sometimes is this kind of love of going sideways and I just felt in those you know that that first initial part of the game we really looked like a fantastic football team which makes it all the more disappointing for what happened in the second half I think that after the massive wins that we've had recently it is a shame that we didn't go and get that goal and it just it almost just seemed to be that we ran out of ideas which normally isn't uh something that we struggle with but I, I think that was that was the main problem as well as as what Reese talked about with Darren Burnley I think those were our two problems the lack of ideas and Darren Burnley being on the pitch well, harsh on Brownlee, I think we'll, we will go on to speak about him a bit later on. David, we spoke last week about how good the well, two of the goals certainly were against Queen's Park. How good was this one against Ayr on Saturday? Where does it rate amongst the, the goals we've scored this season? I think in terms of the the goal, comparing it to the, the Queen's Park goals, I mean, the, the goal on Saturday was unbelievable as well. The pass from your head to Graham especially was just exquisite. It's it's wild seeing us pull out these sort of moves to done against QP. I still prefer the the second goal against Queens Park. I think that's one of the best goals we scored in a long, long time. But this is up there as well. I think this one's clouded a bit because we didn't win. Um, whereas with the QP one, obviously it's part of a four 0 one. So you're just kind of the, the moment and the exhilaration of the the four 0 probably tips it over the line for me. But a superb goal and this sort of passing play we are pulling out for these goals is unreal. Especially when taking consideration, I mean, we've conceded three goals in ten games. So even though this probably wasn't the best performance in the world, like we are on a stupid run at the moment. Um, it's utterly ridiculous. And yeah, it's it's one of those when you're combining that sort of attacking play with that sort of defensive record, where you're just not shipping goals that often, it's a recipe for success, to be honest, and an absolute dream to watch as well. And yeah, I I hope we keep it up. We'll have a chat with about Darren Brownlee then. I do feel a bit sorry for Darren Brownlee. I know we had a chat in our, our group chat the other night. David, you mentioned that we've only conceded three goals in, in Dolan's 10 games in charge, and that's an incredible record. The next best in the league seven, and that's our growth. But they've only scored seven in that time. We've scored 14. So we've got an exceptional defensive record going at the moment. Brownlee's been a part of that in a lot of the games, and he's had two really, really bad mistakes up at Inverness and on Saturday that, that have cost goals and cost points and I feel sorry for him because I think Dylan said it as well lots of players have given the ball away like that and it doesn't always end up as a a goal and Brownlee's done it twice and it has and I feel sorry for him because at the start of the season I didn't think Darren Brownlee was a viable option I thought he was at least half a yard if not a yard off the pace every time somebody ran at him he looked in bother he didn't look capable of sort of being a, a competent championship centre-back he looked like a poor championship centre-back I think since maybe about the t- maybe just before the turn of the year he's improved and he's got himself back to not quite the level he was pre-injury but like a competent level he's slotting in next to your head and he's doing a job but I think it's a shame some of the stick he got it's obviously a clanger but it's just unlucky that I think two of them have ended up in goals because other, if you take those two mistakes out of his game I think he's been really good since Dolan came in and I feel sorry for Brownlee Reese, do you agree? Yeah, Matt, I've got to agree with you on that one. I know we kind of we mentioned that the other night, just talking about it in the chat. And I remember when we signed Brownlee and Doherty, etc., on pre-contracts. The one that I was most excited about at the time was Darren Brownlee, because I, I remember thinking when he was at Queen of the South how good he was. And in my opinion, 
it was the best centre-half in the Championship. So I thought it was a bit of a coup for us to get Brownlee back at Furhill. And when he came in, I thought it was good, although the season was curtailed and it was really good. It was my player of the year in the, in the League One winning season. And then this is where it all sort of went downhill for Brownlee. He had that terrible injury. He missed a full entire year of football, a full season. And you've got you can only imagine the, the personal battles that he's went through that time period they came back and it was it was quite heavy and he took some out of stick from from our own fans and he, he must know himself to get match fit you need to play games and every time he was playing games he was getting slaughtered and people are saying he's too heavy to play and stuff he knows that himself and he's he's done well enough to get himself and back in a somewhat decent nick and I know you've mentioned that he's not back to the levels that he was and, and that's obvious but he has been part of this good defensive side He's made these two howlers and they are really glaringly obvious howlers and they make him look daft because he's went on these mazy runs and he's passed right to the forward's feet. He just he needs to keep it simple. He's trying to sort of do too much. Now, I really like Darren Brownlee, but the thing that worries me about our defence, I like Muirhead and I like Brownlee. The both of them aren't the answer long term. They're both sort of getting on a wee bit as well. They're both maybe a wee bit short of pace. So they've been absolutely brilliant when since Dolan's came in, but if we've got aspirations to get where we want to be, we're needing better than both of them. Now, I know there's a lot of rumours that Holt signed a pre-contract elsewhere, and it's it's going to be a big, it's a big summer coming up for us. And, and realistically, we, we mentioned as well the other night, Darren Brownlee should actually be our fourth choice. You look at, you've got Holt, Muirhead, Tunji that was in, and Connor McAvoy as well. Like these guys were all in the pecking order, pecking order ahead of Brownlee, and it just circumstances dictate that Brownlee's came in. Brownlee's done a good job, and Brownlee's won his place in the team. If Harry Milner's fit, then I don't think he would be playing at the moment. But he's come in, he's doing a job, and he's doing fine. He's cost us a lot of points now, and the two sort of mistakes that he's made, and ultimately it's, it's left us where we are in the league. So it does. It looks it looks really bad on him, but it's. I feel. I feel very harsh coming down on him but ultimately it's his two mistakes that have cost us in these games but that being said the same as you said about Dolan it could have been any player making those mistakes other people do make those mistakes and it just doesn't get capitalised on so it's, it's just a tough one to take for Brownlee but you just got to keep his head up and we're, we're hamstrung with his injuries so we've got to back him and he's, he's probably going to stay in the team now so fingers crossed they can, they can turn the tide I think your last point's spot on I think Reese. I think and in, in any other situation, I think it'd be quite right to call for Brownlee to be dropped because, as you say, I think he's probably the fourth choice centre back. If you if you sort of count Conor McAvoy in the equation, and then you have Holt in there as well when Milne's fit. But he, he's going to play through necessity, so this is where he needs support. And I, I don't think he needs like full contour saying, "Oh, I hope he never plays again" and things like that. I think that's a, a massive overreaction. Heather, I think you're going to have a, a harder line than than me and Reece on Brownlee. I don't know about harder. Um, I think for me, I mean, Matt, you talk a lot sometimes about the fact that you're a goalkeeper and like ways that you've been trained like that. I mean, I've grown up, I'm a hockey player and um, I'm a defender. And I mean, one of the core things for us is always is firstly clearing our lines. Secondly, it's I mean, our my, my hockey coach would tell us like say like in dangerous situations, she would say stop playing hockey. It's just get rid of the ball. And for me, the two situations which Reese has spoken about, if Darren Burnley just gets rid of the ball, we're not 
having the conversations that we're having right now and I'm not denying that he's had a really tough time I think he's a I think he's done really well for us um and he's very important to where we are today but I do think that these two glaring mistakes they're they're they're, they're hard they're hard to get over as a Thistle fan um and um and there's no denying that I think that the also I think for me one of the most frustrating things is that that was the only time that he chose to do that. You know, other times throughout the half, I watched some of the highlights back. He did his job. He he cleared his lines. He got rid of the ball. He um, maybe didn't always find a player, but he just put it into places that we had to chase, but it was not in danger. And unfortunately, since his injury, I just don't think he's been the same player, hasn't had the same pace, and he just isn't able to give the pass that he, you know, and have the, and have the trust to give those kind of passes anymore and I just think his game's maybe changed but you know of course we, we, we love all the players that play for Partick Thistle but we're also allowed to have an opinion and of course I wouldn't say I'd never want him to play again that's not what I'm saying at all I think he's I think he's still going to have a crucial role especially in the games that are coming up soon and fans will be behind him but I think also fans are hurting and they should be allowed to hurt it's been a tough season and it's disappointing the fact that injuries have dictated that our fourth choice centre-back is having to be relied upon and he has done well I mean remember Akinola when he got you know him against Inverness and he just wasn't up to the pace and I just think that unfortunately this has just caught us out a little bit but I'm not denying that Darren Brown's not a, a good a good footballer but I think he just has had two glaring mistakes and unfortunately both of them have been him and it's, I mean, you can forgive once, but it's hard to, it's hard to do it a second time. Though, just a, a little bit of a lighter note, I did quite enjoy, and maybe this isn't, I mean, I find it quite funny, but um, I saw a, an Air fan on Twitter suggesting um, nominating Darren Burnley for Player of the Year since he's given them one goal and one assist. That was apparently more than a few of their other players, so I quite enjoyed that. But, of course, support him, and when he's out in the team on Saturday, full backing but there's no denying that that was a really costly mistake the, the last thing I'll say and I think I would much rather have Darren Brownlee in the position he is now than you think back to the first few months of the season Brownlee Akinola was struggling I would rather have a centre-back like Brownlee is now than Akinola and Brownlee six months ago because I think making these sort of glaring mistakes are much easier to eradicate than when you're struggling with confidence and, and nothing seems to be going right for you, you're maybe not making the glaring mistakes, but you're not really doing much else right. I think there's still quite a lot of things Darren Brownlee is doing well, and I think the glaring mistakes are are easier to eradicate. So I would be comfortable if, well, I think Brownlee will retain his place through necessity, but I, I'll have no concerns, I think, if Brownlee's in the, in the team on Saturday. David, quite a change in, in the table between about quarter past four and quarter to five it, it looked like we were going to close the gap at the top of the league but by full time we're we're closer to sixth than first um how bad would it be if we missed the playoffs this season um frankly it, it would be disastrous I'm, I'm not gonna lie it is it would be a complete disaster if we were to miss the playoffs we started this season i think everyone internally externally at the club with the aim of winning this league and the league is so bad that we could easily have won this league if we just had a heat screwed on and won games that realistically we should be winning. 
we could have won this league. Because, I mean, Dundee haven't been great. Kudos to them coming back from 3-1 down to get a, a point. But they're still getting a point when realistically they're in a title hunt. And a win would have probably put them not out of sight, but getting into the horizon, certainly. Every team's dropping points. The problem is so are we. I, I think if we miss the playoffs, it would be disastrous for us. I think, to be honest, if we don't go up, it's going to have a, a serious effect on the club and the fan base. And there's only so many times that you can G up the troops and get 4,000 people out with all their pals to turn up and back the team and support in those numbers. You know, it's great for, you know, a couple of games here at the end of the season. But like next season, when we've got another season in the championship with Dunfermline, potentially Dundee United, other teams coming in, it's going to be really tough. And not being promoted would be terrible, but missing the playoffs would be disastrous. But we're winning the league, so it's fine. Oh, absolutely. Reese, how do you see the rest of the season panning out? Are you still confident we'll make the playoffs? Uh, I'll, I'll say I. Um, when you look at the sort of you look you look at Dundee obviously in, in Queens Park. I, I'm still looking ahead. I, I don't. I know we're close to six, but I still look ahead. And if you look at Dundee's fixtures, Queens Park's fixtures, and our fixtures, out of those three, we do have the sort of the nicest of the three fixtures. I feel like anyway. So you've got to imagine that we'll at least get playoffs. Coming second would would make such a difference, but. See, to be honest with you, third is what it is. You know what I mean? Third and fourth is it's the exact same as last season. It doesn't make any diff- It doesn't make any difference. You probably get an extra ten grand, twenty grand, something like that. I don't think you get as much as twenty grand for finishing a point above, but you'll get an extra couple of thousand, and you'll get to play the the first leg away from home and the second leg at home. Zero difference, to be honest. And you're having to play six games in the space of two weeks. Realistically, you want to come second, and it's still well within our within our reach. And it's mad how how quickly your emotions can change in football. And obviously, about fifty minutes, sixty minutes into the game at the weekend, we're, we're thinking, right, results go like this, that way, a couple of twists and turns, and we'll we'll have won the league come the final day of the season. And then come the ninetieth minute, we're sitting thinking. Right, we probably won't get playoffs now. We'll need to do this to make sure we get playoffs. I'd take fourth right now. It's 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 the it's the most fissile thing of all. And I and I seen a tweet today saying you look at the the final day of the season in this championship, every team has something to play for, bar Rafe Rovers on the final day, and that's who we are playing. So uh, it should make for a, a right interesting final day all over the league. And I still think there's a lot of twists and turns to come, but I do think surely we've got enough what it takes to get in the playoffs at the very least. Heather, we travel to Hamilton on Saturday. Are there any changes you'd like to see to the team and what sort of game are you expecting? Well, the one change that um, I enjoyed someone suggesting was that Cammy Smith should get a start. I also enjoyed the, the numerous people who either sent me a message or tagged me to say, come on, Heather, time to, to, <laughs> time to give that a go. Um, I, I actually would rate a little bit of a change. I think that we need to acknowledge that the second half probably w- wasn't up to our best. And I, and we've said it a few times, but I would love to see Danny Mullen get a start. And, um, you know, he played quite well. Was it when he came on against Ayr quite early? Was that that game when when Dowds was injured? And I just think it might it might just change might just change things up. That's not me dropping Brian Graham. I don't know who I'm dropping, but 
maybe would be interesting to see um, just a little bit different. I thought that Kyle Turner was a little bit off the pace on, on, on just maybe not firing the same way he was against Queen's Park. But that's for me, I think that obviously Hamilton have been on quite a ropey run recently and, um, you know, they've had quite a lot of losses and draws. But then we can't forget that the last time we played them was obviously a terrible 1-0 loss. And we need to be clinical and we need to make sure that, that you know, we're out of sight, out of mind quite early. And obviously good memories from being being there last time, a really great goal from Tiffany. And hopefully we can enjoy the plastic pitch and, and you know, and create some good football. David, I might get eerie silence here, but where's good for, for away fans to go to in Hamilton? Right. I'd, the the problem of Hamilton is it's in this league, right? <laughs> like every other away day is brilliant. And go to Far Hill is great. Hamilton, I quite like I live next to Hamilton and I quite like it. I like the Aki's vaults across the road. I don't know if you can go if you're a Thistle fan, but I, 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 I don't see why not. But they were a bit thingy about it for a wee while. Yeah, the Aki's vaults, Echoes across the road, uh, the Chippy, they do amazing ice cream as well. So you'll get a fantastic scan out of Equis. Um, there's about three top-tier Indians in, in Hamilton. The Shimla Cottage, um, Mushtaks, and there's another one. Also, if you go into this, the town centre, um, there's Jilts, which is an, a brilliant pub. They a great selection of beers, but as well as that, their food is absolutely brilliant too. My wife stands by the fact that Jilts is the best burger she has ever had. She loves going to Jilts. And I used to work in Blanter. Um so I used to get the, the bus to Hamilton on the way home and I'd frequently go in and have my dinner and jilts and absolutely love it so I would certainly say if you're going and you know after the game whatever you want someone else to go if you if you've no had your fish supper and um a nan bread the size of a duvet in the, in the Shimla cottage go to jilts and get your dinner in there and a couple of pints and you'll absolutely love it and there's actually there's there's decent places in Hamilton, right? It's but it's in a league with Arbroath and Ayr and Morton and you, do you know what I mean? Like all these great away days. So no, I would say the Aki's Ox is a perfectly serviceable pub across the road that is great on a match day. Um, and you've got like Equis across the road and there's things to do. It's not Airdrie, like it's not like fucking you know go to Broadwood or anything like that. It's it's not it's all right. Oh, it's not far off. Oh, no, no, no. Is it a worst away day in the division? Oh, yeah, but like by a considerable distance. But it's but in terms of like if you're putting it in the 42, I, I think it's, it's far better than like Levy, even like St. Johnson. Like there, there's some loads of places I would much rather not go than Hamilton. There's something quite fun about um, going to St. Johnson though and having to climb the fence n- near the supermarket to get there. I always kind of found that quite a... You know, you kind of you you knew you were ready for the game once you'd had to climb over an uh, a wire fence. See when we lose three 0 in the first leg of the playoff to Inverness, um, are we just going to do a like rank in the forty two in terms of places that we would like to go and not go? Because that sounds yeah. far more fun than talking about yeah. <laughs> another season in the championship. Yeah, I, I think if we lose a playoff this year, but we're not talking about it. Um, last year's was maybe bad enough. I think we should just pretend we won. Just, just do just a pod. Aye, how, aye, how cracking were we? Like, um, you know, Dowds, Mullen, and Graham all on the score sheet as we relegate Dundee United in the playoff. Incredible scenes. Like, I, I mean, Paul Mitchell back in. Aye, aye, exactly. Yeah, 
Um, I'll get some helicopter sound effects. We'll be fine. We'll be great. <laughs> See, I just want to um, come in on uh, what David was mentioning there, that wee bit of fantasy talk. I don't think Anton Dowd will ever score another goal for us again. I've no slaughtered a, play- a player in a wee while, but well, see when Anton Dowd came in, I never really rated him right. And to be fair, I was eating humble pie at the beginning of the season. He was in the right place at the right time. He was scoring a good few goals. But now that I've, the last sort of 10, 15 games I've watched him, I think that he's actually slept with a centre forward. I don't think, I don't, for a big guy, I don't think his hold up plays anywhere near as good as it should be. He runs about a lot, but he doesn't really get to the ball when he's running about. And when he gets in the forward positions, his final pass or his final shot at goal is absolute powder puff. So I just I needed to let, let a wee bit of steam out there. But I just think whenever I see Dow's coming on now, I'm just thinking, what's the point? You've chucked the game in there. We need to stop taking I need to just get stuff off my chest here. Stop taking Tiffany off as the first substitution because you're just at that point, you're just settling for whatever the score is. Stop bringing Anton Dowds on at the same time or before Danny Mullen and just, that's it. I've said my piece. We right. cannot have Air United fans listen to this podcast and always being all quite calm and composed going, oh, you know, it's kind of contrasting and then Reese going after his fucking bin because he's so raging. We can't let them have a satisfaction of rattling us. This is all getting cut. No, well, f- firstly, I agree with Tiffany. Like, I wasn't sure if Tiffany was injured. I thought it was a weird taking him off and I agree with you, Reese. I think... I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when you take Graham and Tiffany off at the same time, it's bad. But when when you t- even just take Tiffany off, I think everyone goes a bit flat. The team, the fans, I think it, it just calms right down when Tiffany comes off. Secondly, I absolutely love these like unprompted drive-by shootings. Heather's sort of made a name for herself, just annihilating Cammy Smith like completely without prompt for for a while. And I did enjoy the the drive-by on Aaron Anton Dowd's series. I hope Dowd uh, scores a couple on Saturday. Uh, but I think you're right, we're looking for a bit more from him in the last few months, definitely. I mean, we have Heather quoting verbatim, saying that she loves Cammy Smith on this pod. I love everyone who plays her thistle. Um, so, you know, it's con- confirmed Heather loves Cammy Smith. There you go. <laughs> I yeah, totally. I mean, I totally... Um... Yeah, of course. I appreciate everyone. And when he scores a hat-trick for the playoffs then I I will eat the humblest of pies. But very quickly, I would say about the subs, and I feel like we've kind of gone back a little bit to, you know, a few months ago with McCall. I felt like the subs for Mullen and um, Reese's favourite player in the world, Dowds, I thought they were quite late and I would have liked them a little bit earlier because if you are taking Tiff off, I would have, it just seemed quite, it, it just seemed quite drastic, but quite, but yeah, but not early enough for me. I'd like to see Graham get a strike partner. Every time we go two up top, we take Graham off and we put Mullen and Dowds on. I, I, I'd just like to see Graham up there with somebody because I think he has been isolated in quite large patches. But see, when he gets near players, you saw it against Queen's Park. A couple of his layoffs were great. His layoff on Saturday for the goal was great. I, I'd love to see him just play with, with Dowds or Mullen. I don't really, well, probably Mullen on recent form, but just someday I'd love to see Graham get a 90 minutes and... 90 minutes for a partner or a final half hour for a partner. I just wanted to come in and ask you, Matt, just because Heather raised it. What is the humblest pie in Scottish football? Is this a joke? No, well, no. What's, what, what would be a humble pie? Um, <laughs> Click fire. Um, <laughs> we, we, we'll come back well, to you. 
I, I'd go the Staggy Pie up at Ross County because they don't really shout about it, but it's I'll sort of goes under the radar as the I think the best pie in the country. You get some of the clubs going like on on their Twitter going, oh we've won pie of the year like Air and Air's pies are all right, but like calm down. Ross County's Staggy Pie they don't boast about it and that's it's ten out of ten. Is, is that an acceptable answer? That is. So when we when we beat Ross County in the playoffs, we'll get a picture of Heather eating after Cammy Smith scored a hat trick in the first half. We'll get Heather to eat a Staggy Pie and that will be. Fair enough. There you go. Right, I'm going to move this along because um, we're just sort of talking passion now. Um, Reese, do you want to kick us off for a prediction for, for Saturday? Um, aye, why not? I'll go big again. I think it'll be uh, it'll be the rampant thistle that turn up again. I'm going to say 5-1 Jags. I'm, part of me is tempted to say 6-1 just for... Pure nostalgia reasons going back to New Douglas Park, but we'll go five one. It's probably going to finish one now. I'm on, but I, we'll go five one just for just for par. David, I am fairly sure I've seen a thing about our both. However, if Hamilton don't win their next game or Cove, eh, our both are safe, or if our both win next eh, week. Contrary to many people, I I actually quite like Hamilton Aki's. I like Hamilton as a place. I think they're they they get they get maligned. However, get up them six one, send them down. League one it is for Hamilton Aki's. Yeah, we six one. Our both are four points clear. Hamilton and six of Cove with a much better goal difference. So if our both win, they can't go straight down. But if our both win, Hamilton could still catch them if if they beat us. So they're still in Hamilton's not in Hamilton's hands, but they can still win and catch our both if our both slip up. Heather, prediction from you. This is ridiculous because normally I'm known for the wild predictions and Reese and David have gone have 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 gone pretty well themselves. Um I I'm gonna go for eight nil because Dundee beat them seven nil and we are better than Dundee. So we will go one better. I I cannot stress to you how brilliant it would be if we beat them eight nil. It would be I mean remember 6-1 Matt, me and you jumping about like children laughing hysterically 8-0, eight eight, uh, we'd all be in the pitch I don't I'm just know telling you right now whoever, whoever put in that anonymous answer about take the score predictions most serious is just for that brain aneurysm get well soon <laughs> <laughs> I don't know David like, I, I, I really think I'd be quite cold if we just what, like one 8 now. I think I'd just be annoyed like why didn't we use some of these goals last week, why didn't we use some of these goals at home at Hamilton Winning it's, eight now when the league's gone would just do my head in, I think. But Matt, especially because like Anton Dowds and Cammy Smith are going to score four each, so it's just exactly. going to be... <laughs> right. I'd like to apologise to nobody, right, because I'm bottom of this predictions table and I'm desperate. And I'm No, to... no, you can't do it. You cannot do it, Matt. I'm going to guess that Scott Tiffany's not fit and I'm going to say 1-0 Hamilton. Oh, oh, come on. That is... I'm desperate for points, David. I don't like it. <laughs> That is despicable. Uh, just, just for an absolutely no reason whatsoever, can you say 2 0 Thistle for me? No. Good grief. Good grief. Do you want me to do it in my impersonation voice of Matt? Yes, please. I, I want nothing more in life. <laughs> oh, no, no, I can't stop laughing. I'll, I'll come back to you later. You've got to remember Jamie's in a one pod ban at the moment. This has been a disaster of a pod this week. Come oh, on, really? Has. It's really bad. Right, we'll... 
Right, you we'll know finish. I'm going to find a prediction from about three weeks ago against Cove of you saying 4-0 and I'll just stick that in. I'll go on strike <laughs> and I'll lock the socials down. Right, right well we could beat 1-0 by Hamilton. None of us will want to do this pod next week. but um, <laughs> Right, we'll finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. And last week I'm going to bring up the main man again, Jeremy Vine. Uh, he was talking about the things you you found in a toilet. And there was about a 40 or 50 second clip, which I'm hoping David will stick in here of a woman talking about, um, a, sadly, a squirrel that she found in her toilet and then just segued into into the music absolutely beautifully. And I, I rushed to clip it up and send it to David. It was a joke, it was a prank, and, and there was actually a squirrel in the toilet. And what it must have done was fall down the downpipe outside. Yes. Um, because they're inquisitive as they are, and must have drowned. And of course, he had a trouble getting it out because his leg and his leg was stuck in his knee around the oh, around the I can't bear bend, it. Oh. Eventually, got him out. That's a terrible death. I, I, he said th- it was the biggest squirrel he'd ever seen. Well, I'm so I, I was hoping we we're going to get a happy ending to that. No, unfortunately, there wasn't. Thank you. I'm going to ask you, when have you been excited to send a message to somebody about something so niche that only the two of you would understand? And David, I'll leave you to last again. Uh, Reese, do you want to kick us off with this one? No, really, no. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, go to Heather first now, have a good wee think. Heather? Um, so, when I moved out and went to uni, and then moved to Glencoe after uni we used to watch match the day with my dad all the time and that was like our that was like one of our things and we would enjoy whenever someone scored in the highlights if they hit the towel like if the ball hit the towel to us that's an extra half point so like scores would be like two and a half nil things like that so whenever a goal hits the towel like hits the goalie's towel I always have to text my dad and let him know that I've seen it happen, etc. So I think that really just sums up um, my my dad and I. But I yeah, that. when the ball hits the towel, it's an extra point. And also water, water bottles also count. Yeah, that's a goalie trick. You get a towel. Or, obviously, they use the towel in the bottle. But you put the towel in the bottle in the goal, and that's the way you dive at penalties. And you'd be amazed at the players that will see a towel and go, I'm going to aim for that. And... The amount of penalties that you save more with a towel. Reese, do you have an can answer? Can I ask you a question? David, of course, of course you can. Right, I was going to ask you a question. I'm going to cut this. Did Lee Robinson tell you that last week? No. No? Okay. No, he, I asked him what's what's. I know, because you asked him about four times and he refused I, to tell you. And he was like, no, I keep, that, I keep that for the coach. And I was like, mate, like nobody's fucking listening to this and going away and selling your goalie tips. Anyway. <laughs> And Reece, Dave's not even editing it. That, so, sorry. <laughs> exactly, David. It'll be about three years before it comes out. Keep that in just a wee bit of Lee, Lee Robinson slander. But um, I just don't know what you're talking about there, Matt. I, I actually was listening to the Cycling GK, Ben Foster. I seen a wee clip of his just came up the other day. And he was like, you know, obviously saved that penalty for Wrexham against North County. And it was, uh, he's like, I, I've just got a feeling he's just going to try and hit this GoPro. And it just, 
launched himself to that corner and that's that's how he ended up saving it. He just had a feeling he'd go for the GoPro and he, he actually did save it. But unfortunately, I'm stumped with this one. I don't have an answer. So I've got to I hang my head in shame now, except my one match ban. I do apologise. That's all right. I suspended one game ban. It wasn't as bad as Jamie on the bus. I suspended one game ban. Uh, David? I mean, you're predicting a Hamilton win. Reese not even got an answer for Partridge for so We just need Terror to go to Lidl and get pick up some things uh, while we're doing this. A full house of uh, disappointments in the pod. But, I mean, let's be honest. My entire life is dictated by this. All my friends, I text random niche shite to everybody because that's just me. Um, if anything, this podcast is very much me just putting in lots of niche jokes for two people um, that no one else cares about. So you could argue this pod. But I, I did enjoy... I've got two, I've got two for this. Um, James Kearney especially likes to text me very, very niche things and it's always a good laugh. So I always appreciate it when James Kearney's been in the pub for a wee bit and he'll message me with some random nonsense that I'm always appreciative of. But my favourite one was during the World Cup. Me and you, Matt, every day, whatever career mode starlet <laughs> was lighting up the World Cup that day, like Guillermo Ochoa. Um, and who's the guy for Cameroon that you had? No, who? Yeah, um, it was so much fun. Rented, don't go breaking my heart. Um, I, <laughs> I every day we used to just message each other about some guy we'd signed for like Tranmere like five years ago, um, about how he was playing like uh, in centre mid for like Tunisia or something like that. Yeah, that's so that was great fun. So I, I always appreciate that. That was that was my favourite during the World Cup. Did someone see the message I sent it to Matt earlier this week about? Um, did you see that they'd put up full, someone had seen Focus Live and then um, and they and someone was like oh my favourite part of Draw Loser Draw is when they play Focus at the end <laughs> thank you I, oh, at least he listens to the end I, you know that's it's important metrics for your podcast is if I listen to the end it's far more valuable we can sell that um, and also, yeah, Matt, yeah. I totally thought this question was because you and I were analysing uh, Jordan Spieth's fist pumps last night. <laughs> oh, I can fling that in as well. <laughs> um, I, I will say that I am now on the Spieth train with Matt. I'm glad to hear it. It's a roller coaster. Well, if you've made it this far, fair play to you, because this has probably been the worst recording we've done since we got pushed after we got beaten off Cove Rangers in League One. So fair play if you've made it this far, and we will be back next week to look back on our trip to Hamilton and to preview our home game against our growth. In the meantime, stay safe. <laughs>